0: If you like this podcast, check out Studio Red's amazing lineup of podcasts at studioredmedia.com.
1: Welcome to QT with RT. I'm Ryan. I'm Todd. In today's episode, we talk about the evolution of sitcoms. Today, we're going to talk about the topic that actually got us thinking about doing podcasts all together, thanks to Taylor over at the Rome Chamber of Commerce. She was listening to us while we were waiting around to film an interview and we said, we should make a podcast about topics like this and she told us she would listen to it if we did.
0: She better be listening So you better be listening, Taylor, (laughs) because if not,
1: then you're kind of like the person who told us to go start something and then you don't even get it. Don't even support us. Come on. But what we were talking about was how comedy sitcoms have evolved over the years. Yeah. And you're obviously a huge fan of comedy sitcoms. I remember yes. for like two years, you just binged like every every classic sitcom, pretty much from like, right after I Love Lucy air on, <laughs> it seemed like. Yeah, so. Like you went back to the archives. It,
0: it started out with uh, Cheers.
1: Cheers? Yeah,
0: so I was like, I've never seen Cheers. It just like come out. I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch. All these shows This is gonna be crazy So Uh The funny thing is NBC I think uh, Cheers was NBC So Um Anyways I, I I watched Cheers I watched Wings which is, like, in the same yeah. world as yeah. Cheers. And then I watched Frasier. So, like, back-to-back, back, I, I was just, like, in this world. Which Frasier also
1: was a spinoff of Cheers. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, those three were, like, yeah. legitimately and all And then, the obviously, world.
1: you had seen Seinfeld before, but had you watched every single episode?
0: Nope. And then once they brought that out, I watched every single one of that. watched all of Friends. I watched, uh, I mean, and then I grew up watching, um, you know, all of Rust Development and... Uh, community like my my night like thursday night was my night to watch shows and that was uh parks and rec the office uh 30 rock community like that is the best lineup of television ever in the history of television
1: just in case anyone heard that noise it was the microphone cable falling off the table making a wonderful growling slash farting slash
0: it was my headphone uh, headphone cable yes yes, yes yes uh that's just it's sitcoms, you know. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, that was our d moment. That's right. Uh
1: yeah, and so as we were talking about, it, we were talking about the current uh and I grew up with um the original Conan's approach. Yeah. Uh when he was on the Late Late show after who was he after? He was after uh um, J No. Was he? No. Conan O'Brien? I think Conan was after um Oh, I guess he was. Yeah, well, he took yeah. over. He yeah, took, he was after uh, Jay
0: Letterman's spot.
1: Yeah, yep. Uh, and Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. uh, and Chris Farley, and those were the guys that that kind of like sense of humor was what I grew up listening watching, and then it transitioned when I was in college to well, and then Friends. Like I remember Friends yep. being out, like watching it as it was coming out. Huge. And then um, Seinfeld was out at the time and uh, Wings, I remember watching Wings. Mm -hmm. So where you're saying you went back and watched some of that stuff, that stuff was coming out when I was like in middle school and high school. And then in college, then it was Arrested Development and that kind of humor. Yep. Um, But what we were talking about last time, we'll try to recreate the conversation as best as possible for you, Taylor, just for you. Just for you. Even though most of the time it's just Evan and Kyle listening. Yeah. (laughs) This one, forget you, Evan. Forget you Kyle.
0: Here's... This is episode six, baby. We better have at least three people listening.
1: This one's all for Taylor. <laughs> and we want to recreate that conversation so she can listen to it on repeat yes. over and over nope. and over again. <laughs> if she doesn't watch listen to this at least twenty times, then I'm never talking to her have again. I failed. I'm never talking I to her. I hope she again.
0: got that doctor's appointment. That's the, the I do too. Thing. <laughs> yeah. She was so enthralled with our
1: conversation she missed her doctor's appointment. That's right. Hopefully it wasn't anything serious. Hopefully not. So, anyways, we were talking about it though, and um uh what we were saying was just how how much the comedy in those shows has evolved. Yeah. And not just even the comedy, but even how they film the comedy, the caricatures of the comedies, the setting of mm-hmm. the comedy. You know, I mean it's like you originally had with Cheers, uh, you know, it all took place at a bar. Yeah. And then with friends it all took place at a coffee shop. Yeah. And then, you know, with the rest of development or well, the rest of development's kind of a it's sort of a so subtype of its own. But then like with the office, it took place in the like each time it became less and less um it got farther and farther away from the bar right. type vibe. Well
0: we went from Multi cam to single cam, yeah, and, and honestly, I I, I heard that uh, like Malcolm and Middle was actually one of the first shows, which I watched all of that, and that was like the first single cam uh, comedy. And uh, that show is actually really funny. If you go back and like rewatch it again, yeah. like I, I didn't grow up watching it, but it was once again available, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch this. And yeah, um, and so that's where like Arrest Development and a lot of the shows we like today, we don't really watch. I would say like the last multi multi-camp show I watched was like uh, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. So like at this point, I mean, The Big Bang Theory is. Immensely impo- impo- yeah, popular. But I don't watch that show. Just yeah, you don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it, and it's not funny. If you go back and watch it, but <laughs> I know you like <laughs> you to watch have strong it. Strong <laughs> feelings about it that you're gonna, Ugh.
1: you're gonna run off. None of our viewers or <laughs> listeners because they're all people that know us
0: and that's right. only listen
1: because of that. But if we had other people, they're yeah. out. <laughs> they
0: are completely out.
1: Because of your feelings towards <laughs> the Big Bang Theory. Roy but might stop listening. That's true.
0: That's true, Roy. Roy, we stop know listening. that you love the show. <laughs> so, but, but with the, the sitcoms, is they have- very designated places the the multi-cam sitcoms because they they're built on studios and they can only right. specifically build certain places so with uh the bar so in cheers season one of cheers it's all on the bar they don't ever actually leave the bar which is really interesting it's really? one of the only sitcoms where they never leave like their single place um, now but, they did have like a back room, didn't they? They had a back room, but it's still the bar. Like yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. But they have two
1: sets. Yeah, I guess so. And then um If you think about the fact that we which we do, because we're filmmakers, that all of these things that we see have to be built by somebody. Right. right and have to be stored in a studio yeah. on on some lot somewhere. Yeah. They have two sets.
0: Yeah, they had Sam's office, the back room, and then like the main bar area. So three sets. Yeah. So that was season one. Um and then season you know, the other season they would go to like the Sam's apartment or something like
1: that. But uh And then future ones is when they were like on the moon and in Mars.
0: (laughs) They never went there actually. They they did not diverge that much. (laughs) They did not jump the shark, not like uh happy days. (laughs) (laughs) Uh
1: but yeah, so I think it's interesting thing about the locations. Yeah. Um and even it says a little bit about the time of our culture where it was okay to be at the bar mm-hmm. with cheers, and even the main guy is the bartender.
0: Yeah, Sam.
1: Uh, yeah, Sam. Uh, where in Friends, they're at a coffee shop, mm-hmm. which in the early '90s, Starbucks, all that stuff, almost like being at the bar was like for losers. Yeah, if you were at the bar, your life was over.
0: <laughs> you know, and Got what's that.
1: interesting is that with How I Met Your Mother, it came back. Yeah. which is kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, the the bar scene. Yeah, yeah. It but really it was a
1: different kind of bar. They weren't the bartenders. Mm-hmm. They were sitting at a booth. They would eat sometimes when they were there.
0: Well, the bar area is not the center of focus. Yeah, it was their booth. Yeah. So they mix with uh, How I Met Your Mother. They mix like Seinfeld, Seinfeld. and yeah. Cheers. And, yeah. and I wonder if they consciously did that because yeah. they sat at the booth the whole time.
1: Yeah, they really did mix Seinfeld, which also had the cafe booth, so mm-hmm. they would eat breakfast at yeah. all the time.
0: And Seinfeld would they would have the apartment. So most sitcoms would have this three. They would have the apartment. They would have the diner, coffee shop, the hangout place, the hangout place, the third and, place. as Starbucks right, right. likes to call it. I would almost call that the second place. And then the third place would be miscellaneous, wherever yep. they work, wherever, you know, that's yep. kind of going to be their location. But always on every episode, you're going to have your apartment, the hangout place, and then- And then their work. Yeah.
1: Yep. Which in How I Met Your Mother, sometimes that third place was Barney's house, mm-hmm. or Barney's apartment- Yeah. Or their work. Yeah. A lot of times
0: it was Barney's work. Yeah. Or, or, uh, um, uh, what's the guy? Or the Streets of New York. That was often a, a, yeah. a, a fourth character. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of stuff. Yeah.
1: The evolution of the places was interesting, which with then, if you stick more with the sitcoms, because the rest of the development is almost like it's always sunny. It's kind of on the outside. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that it really fits in line with your stereotypical like broadcast, NBC, ABC, NBC sitcoms. You know, in the same way that Big Bang Theory does, Friends does, yeah. Seinfeld does. Um, but uh, the third place, Evolution, where even eventually with like how I'm uh, not how I much remember it, New Girl, like it's interesting how eventually like the place became their apartment. Yeah, you know, and hanging out in there, and they had this huge apartment with four people in it, and that the middle like couch area became yeah. the third place. Yeah. Um, and even other friends would come over just to hang out in the living room. Mm-hmm. And so that I think is kind of an interesting evolution of how almost to a certain degree the sitcom comedy became cleaner mm-hmm. over the years and moved away from your guys that go and hang out in a bar yep. to where now Big Bang Theory, the most popular multi cam sitcom on broadcast television, is a bunch of nerds mm-hmm. who sit around and play board games. Yep. Or the third place is the comic book shop. Yeah. Which could not be farther from the bar scene <laughs> yeah. of Cheers. Yeah. You know.
0: But it's still, it's still the same premise. Yeah, it's yeah, still it's the same still premise. It's still like the the fact that I think they are making these places so inviting and so comfortable. That's Big Bang Theory is. They have. Elaine, you know, the the lady who wants to come over and she feels comfortable at the guy's apartment, even though she may, like, make fun of what they do or something like that. But she's hanging out with them. Yep. So it's sitcoms, multicam sitcoms are really interesting because really, at the end of the day, it is the most formula-based programming imaginable I think I mean that and like procedurals I think I like so you look at them you can just slice them apart and the fact that we can point out the locations we can point out the characters um I mean it's they're starting to get more diverse uh but like I mean how I met your mother they're all white people uh (laughs) that's not true coach no, that's oh, how I met your mother. I, met your mother. I keep convincing <laughs> how I met your mother with New Girl. But yes,
1: yes, for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. true.
0: But the single cam shows, yeah, they have to diversify them more. Um, I mean, the rest of the development, it's all white people. Um, yeah, now
1: that is actually an interesting. There isn't actually any multi cam comedy that actually has a mixture of white and black people.
0: So the Big Bang has. Rash. Oh, that's true. And yeah. he's, he's, and so that's somewhat diversifying. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then they I have guess. like the autistic, you know. Yeah. But I mean, it's,
1: uh, yeah. So I guess they would be the first one where one of the main characters. Yeah. But I you mean, could kind of argue that he's not a main, main character.
0: Right. I mean, if he's getting paid a million dollars, absolutely. He true. is a main character. Yeah. So he's more so than I would say. The other people who have kind of come out of yeah. nowhere. And then, um, they obviously, we had like, uh, Samper and Sons, and we had like all right, our. but old... those,
1: but then they're like all right, African American. Exactly. So it's either you're all African American or you're all white.
0: Um, what was the one where it had, uh, what you talking about, Willis? Um, cause that one had like the white dad. And yeah. Then, uh... But that was,
1: would you call that? I mean, it is definitely a sitcom, but I feel like that almost kind of falls in the category of like TGIF, you know, of like. Full House and Family Matters. and
0: Yeah, but it's still like in front of a live audience. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But I, the stuff that we're talking about, I guess, is more the like Seinfeld. Yeah. I think That's what, more what I was thinking about as far as like adult comedy. Yeah. Not like across the board family comedy. Yeah. Not like, that a lot of families didn't watch Friends right. and, sh- you know, all these other shows.
0: Yeah, like the Cosby show. Um,
1: Which sounds bad to even talk about it. <laughs>
0: It's so sad. It was the best show, though. Like, if you go back and watch it, it's a great show. So I Theodore Huxtable is different than Bill Cosby. That's why I say, even though it is Cosby, it's the Huxtable show. <laughs> it is
1: ironic that he played a guy who's a gynecologist. gynecologist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but moving on from that, uh, so let's talk a little bit about the, um, the evolution of the actual comedy, yeah. though, the jokes. Because that was what we really started talking about mm-hmm. that time was just how – um, and you can – I actually haven't watched all of yep. these older shows that you have, um, like Cheers and all these kind of things. I know of them. I know about them, but I didn't watch them. Um, so you can comment on those pre-Adam Sandler air. But that you – yeah, know, and you can kind of see it a little bit through the humor of SNL, although SNL has kind of stayed similar. And we'll, we'll somewhat tip our toes into movies as well since some of these people haven't right. been in movies. but. That evolution of comedy, I feel like there was an air with Chris Farley, Adam Sandler, that, like, mid-90s humor where it was dumb humor. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Happy Gil—or Tommy Boy. Yeah. Uh, What was the one where he—Billy Madison. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's just Adam
0: Sandler doing <laughs> stuff, you yeah. know, like, the, yeah. that's really bad. Yeah. And, and then even, Chris Farley uh, being like, ah, I'm a big guy, big yeah, guy. Yeah, like, and then there's a
1: small jacket, or he knocks all the-
0: Richard, what you do? Uh, yeah, it knocks
1: <laughs> all the doors off the car, or he, you know, acts like there's bees chasing yeah. him. Or... But the
0: funny thing is, they were just an evolution of, like, Abbott and Costello. Like, it was that idea of a skinny straight man and a funny- fat guy you know like yeah. uh we've seen that same comedy kind of go throughout the ages yeah. today i'm trying to think if we even have well that. for
1: a little while we had it with um uh jump street yeah john hill 21, and, uh, jump street
0: yeah but like that's where they kind of flipped the script where like channing tatum what's the funny guy and and uh especially the first one 21 jump or yeah 21 jump street is that chang tatum was like the dumb jock funny guy who was out of place you know in the okay. world well then
1: maybe i'd say okay well yeah i think you're right about that which is still a version of that yeah but they're just yeah they're just modified yeah it, it. was but, smart like uh was... but uh super bad would definitely be that version. yeah absolutely yeah. you know because he's the skinny uh skinny straight well, straight the straight character yeah he's, plays he's awkward he and plays his character yeah. straight. he's not as funny yeah. until he gets drunk and then he is funny
0: yeah but like that's that's also interesting because with alan costello like they were and and all those guys and tommy boy and stuff like that they were the odd ones in than in a normal world whereas like super bad um yeah they're they're a little odd but for the most part they're almost like the straight ones in like this strange world where all the other side characters the cops everyone else is weird and it's just like well what world am i it's yeah instead of the world reacting to our characters it's the characters reacting to our world yeah and so it's just interesting seeing how those dynamics so, get yeah. To change.
1: yeah the evolution of of making it fresh yeah by yeah. doing something different
0: right yeah
1: and so you had that adam sandler air and then out of the adam sandler air kind of came the will ferrell air yeah um, and then it became, you know, Anchorman, Elf. And then it went from almost, like, dumb humor to, like, silly humor. Right. And sort of started tiptoeing into the absurd. Yeah. Um, and then after those guys, I feel like then the next one was uh, The Lonely Island. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's they would do all their f- silly little sketch videos and all that kind of stuff that would be on SNL. Yeah. Um, and then you see his shows, his movies that would come out of that. Yeah. Um, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, to a certain degree, is somewhat of an evolution of his comedy matured.
0: Right, yeah.
1: Um, and I think that's where a lot of that New Girl... I feel like for a while we've lived in that air, actually. Like, New Girl, I think, would fall into that category. I think to a certain degree, I could see How I Met Your Mother falling into that category. It's just like a sappier version of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's just like... Just pushing the boundaries a little bit on, like, really laying on the, the sappiness. And then we kind of, like, I think have evolved to the next level, which when we were talking about this last time, it was about a year ago, and some of our favorite shows were still on, like Last Man on Earth, Mm -hmm. R.I.P. R.I.P. No longer the Last Man on Earth. Ah. Now there's no man on Earth. (laughs) Um, But shows like that, definitely I think Arrested Development kind of falls, or really I think Last Man on Earth is an evolution of Arrested Development.
0: Last Man on Earth was really unique because I don't know if we had a show – like that i think that's why it was so good is that they took the genre of almost a drama because if you think about it, that is like a dramatic premise. Right. He is. Right. A, I mean it, the first episode he tries to kill himself at the end, you know. Uh, right. <laughs> like that's the whole point. He has done everything, he has stolen all the statues and Yeah, signs. all the famous art. Yeah, art and he's just like there's nothing else, so he's just gonna drive his truck into a into <laughs> a boulder. He's and, literally
1: talking to volleyballs. So. Yeah,
0: exactly. And so it's it's the like, okay, what's the funny kind of realistic version of Castaway but yeah. with the world? And so then they build off that and so there was a mystery behind it and Yeah. there really wasn't a show that had ever done that.
1: And I feel like that's kind of what and we've totally skipped over the office which right. I think definitely needs to go in here somewhere but I feel like and maybe maybe Last Man on Earth is an evolution from The Office and Parks and Rec I haven't watched it like I like you have which I know I need to but uh, now we really lost all of our fans. Between you not liking Big Bang and me not watching Parks and Rec, they're all gone. Oh God! So for the rest of this episode, it's just me and Todd listening to it to make sure it we sounds good, men. and we're the only ones that need to care. Uh, but uh, I feel like uh, Last Man on Earth is taking a realistic thing, yeah, like you're saying, like a fear of global disease, global warming, like all all the media talks about when yeah. it talks about that kind of stuff is how everybody could die yeah. either from hunger because we run out of food or because of environmental issues or whatever war and so they take that idea which is like a, rea- a real reality thing and then they make it funny yeah and i feel like that's somewhat an evolution of the office of like here's real stuff that happens in the office yeah but we're going to make it ridiculous and funny yeah and the idea that he okay he's the last man on earth what does he do he almost acts like a kid whose parents are gone he acts like home alone yeah I'm gonna eat ice cream for dinner and that's it you know he's like I'm gonna go steal all the famous artwork yeah. in the world yeah and bring it to my house and live in a really fancy mansion in my hometown
0: a crazy beard and hair yeah and, and I'm gonna yeah. drive the DeLorean yeah and I'm gonna get this
1: like he really is like a, a kid unhinged yeah. yeah and it's like as opposed to like trying to figure out how to like grow food or yeah. get solar power or, well
0: I, even like later on when like the Characters are other characters are trying to survive. Spoiler: He's laying in a bath of tequila and every alcohol, and he's just like, "This is what I'm gonna do." Yeah. And then he has to like, that's their like character development. Yeah, it's him
1: slowly maturing. Yeah, and getting better. But then even like later, and they they kind of constantly treat like these realistic situations, and then they spin it to be like, almost once again, the kid eating a ton of ice cream for dinner because his parents aren't home. And as opposed to freaking out because his parents are gone, you know, and uh, so even like when they some of the female characters get pregnant and go to deliver their babies, like she just delivers them like as though they just like fall out basically. And she's like, oh, look, I just had another baby. (laughs) And it's like a serious thing. Like, what would we really do if we didn't have doctors anymore? To deliver babies yeah. these women would probably die <laughs> and instead it's like oh no big deal
0: well that's just her cuz the other one did have a really scary yeah but, but it's almost
1: once again they yeah. like use that to like <laughs> spin it on on its head um so i feel like that's kind of been like then sort of so as far as sitcoms go you know we went from friends to what would be kind of the big one that came after i guess the office probably right the office was huge um would that have been the next big one after friends i mean friends obviously they were getting paid a million dollars an episode it was like seinfeld right then friends
0: yeah friends was the only they said friends was one of the first show that was immediately a hit so seinfeld almost got canceled out the first season like mm-hmm. no one watched it. it was horrible like you could actually go back like even the set is like red it's weird um, and then they redid, they repainted the set like bluish kind of lighter colors. And it's interesting how they talked about how like just changing stuff like that, changing the dynamics a little bit more and going with that approach of like, let's just whatever, every episode it's going to kind of do its own course. They never are going to like really follow a story through and, uh, and that works for them. And it changed the landscape of how jokes are done in comedies. So parks and records, or, uh, Arrested Development is really popular because there's so many inside jokes. But Seinfeld did that before, you know, and it's really crazy because a lot of sitcoms – so with I Love Lucy, uh, Andy Griffith, I grew up with those shows, watching those shows, and there would be – i kind of, really old. <laughs> a really old person. Uh, my parents are old, and so I watch these shows, even listen to uh, old radio shows. Like that's how far back it goes, you know. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the Jack Benny show, and you know, <laughs> and um, really, it was it was just a kind of picture of American life a little bit, right? Uh, I love Lucy took it to the extreme goofy. There had never been an episode where two women are just shoving chocolate into their mouths on a conveyor belt as a you know one at one point they're even shoving it down their shirt. Yeah, they're shoving it down their shirt. Which like, is
1: like kinda risque in that is risque. time frame. Like, whoa, women are allowed to yeah. put stuff down their shirts on T V It was wild. not and allowed.
0: Even like her voice, she's like, you know, Vicky. Yeah. Like yeah, it's, she, it's it's she was a cartoon character and so that I think completely changed the landscape of comedy from that moment on
1: because it could be ridiculous. All it could of be some.
0: ridiculous. That's right. And so, um, like Barney Fife, they would be ridiculous characters, but your main character was always the straight Andy Griffith. guy. Exactly the the straight guy, the guy who had the good. And roles. why straight?
1: We don't mean gay. <laughs> not well, gay. he was a hetero. but he was straight also. <laughs> but we mean straight as in not funny.
0: That's right. And so, <laughs> and so that led the way to you know Happy Days. Apparently, Happy Days was like enormous it was yeah. apparently like yeah. one of the biggest shows and then um they went ridiculous cuz that show went too long and that's literally where the phrase jump the shark yeah. happens and cuz he hit uh sunny he hey, the Fonz, dri- he jumps a shark.
1: Yeah, he drives his motorcycle over a shark.
0: Yeah, which in Arrested Development, he is the lawyer, and he jumps a shark. That's uh, one of the jokes. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's, like, talking to somebody. He's, like, there's a shark on the pier, and he's, like, oh, and he jumps over it. <laughs> and <laughs> That's so, funny. So it's just, like, little digs like that. So from that moment on, um, we went, and they still kind of kept – the kind of serious, like like uh, Cheers, was pretty normal for the most part. Yeah. Um, Norm. I mean, other than the fact that your main characters were drinking every single day. Yeah. Like. <clears throat> yeah,
1: the fact that they hung out at the bar every single day. Right.
0: Right. And so, like, you didn't. And then Seinfeld came about.
1: Which one? An interesting thing about Cheers, um, and I feel like I've heard this before, but if not, you're hearing it now for the mm. first time. Not you. Them. All of us, the ones out there. <laughs> Uh, Taylor Taylor gets to hear it For the first time uh, <laughs> Is that uh, Like it You know A lot of the Other older sitcoms At that point Were of people Of importance Yeah You know Ricky was A band leader Yeah You know And he did all these Big shows Yeah um, uh, You know Obviously um, uh, The one that you were Just talking about Barney Fife And all of a sudden I can't think of what, Andy Griffith Yeah the Andy Griffith show yeah. Obviously he's the cop. He's like, the sheriff. He's the sheriff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's the head. He's the head dog in town. These guys were like the mailmen. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like these were like regular jobs. Yeah. These were inconsequential people that really didn't matter to the universe. Yeah. That were or to their communities or to whatever. They were just they were just the regular people. Yeah. The people that you would pump gas next to and never think twice about. Yeah. And yet they were then the main people of the characters which I think was a a smart move. Because at that time it was like people wanted to see themselves on screen. Yeah, they didn't want to see the the sheriff. Mm-hmm. They wanted they were the mailman watching the show, being you know wanting to forget the fact that they had to deliver mail all day right. in the rain, and then here's a chance to watch a fun show that feels more like them,
0: the regular blue
1: collar like worker bees. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it it introduced Cheers introduced the will they, won't they premise, which Andy Griffith, you know, he had female interests. Like, every show, they had their, like, female guest stars, almost, that would come and be an interest, but were never a main character. Um, Diane was a main character in Cheers, and so this created, really, the wave that happened. That has
1: lasted forever.
0: It is a really a worn out trope at this point, which it's the we... G-
1: They are responsible for Jim and Pam. <laughs>
0: Which, no, 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 Jim and Pam is different because I think Jim and Pam is where the mold kind of changed. Um, because it- Definitely
1: than Ross and Rachel.
0: The Ross and Rachel, yeah. And so if they had not gotten together, yeah, yeah, definitely Ross and Rachel. You don't Ross think that
1: Rachel. Jim and Pam are will-they-won't-they?
0: They? No, because they were will-they-won't-they they for, like, a season, maybe, because they got together and got married. Like, that's the thing no, is, is so that I've Sam been- and Diane never got together. Oh, but they were a won't-they. They were will-they-won't-they, they, and it would be like they were together, and then they weren't. And, oh, yeah, so but, more like Ross and Rachel. Right, exactly. Where Jim and Pam, like, he said he loved her. She was like, I'm not So they ready. didn't
1: actually get together until season four. Yeah. So that's a lot of seasons.
0: It is a lot of seasons, but then they develop their relationship yeah, yeah, after that. Yeah. Like, it's, it's usually most shows. It's like the will-they-won't-they the, premise Then they is, would break up again. Exactly. And then they'd get back together Like, that's again. the whole show yeah. is the will-they-won't-they they premise. Like, yeah. Ross and Rachel, if they had gotten together in, like, season four-
1: Yeah. And then just stayed together. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. no, we have- Chandler and Monica for that. Like oh, yeah, we don't exactly. need I mean, who's Joey gonna date in season eight? <laughs> well, he'll have his own spin off show and that will go great. <laughs> Last thirteen episodes. <laughs> Maybe for that. Uh but that's an interesting
1: I didn't realize that I mean, I knew of that drama, but I never realized that that's where that came from. Yeah, and it for sure is overdone. I mean, it happened in New Girl.
0: It was overdone in Cheers. Yeah. Like, she left the show, and they brought in another character that he did a Wild One thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it was just like, oh, okay, this is this is enough. Yeah. And then um, the funny thing is, Frazier did not do that. Frazier um I mean they kinda did it in the sense of Giles, his brother. Yeah. And uh and the maid but they got together and yeah. they got married and they had a kid. So I think they did it better and Cheers or Cheers was great, don't get me wrong. But Frasier I think is better, which is really interesting because they really had crafted it was the same people that made it. Um and they really had honed their character skills. There's a couple of yeah. seasons in Fraser that are pretty unbearable. But um, for the most part, they knew exactly what story they were telling. And I think with a lot of hit shows that feel stale after a while, a la New Girl, um, yeah. unfortunately, they don't know where they're going. Yeah, They have somewhat of a premise and they have somewhat of what their characters want to be. But if, they're, if the characters' desires are not that strong – then the storylines aren't going to be very strong, and so uh, we knew that Schmidt was going to be redeemable, but like we didn't realize that he would be a less fun character. Well, I think longevity is a big issue because I mean I
1: think people come up with funny concepts. Yeah, I mean like you can think of Happy Days, for instance, like when the Fonz jumped the shark. At that point, um, Richie, uh, Ron Howard was off the show and had gone off to college. <laughs> yeah. And he was kind of one of the main characters of yeah. the show. Yeah. And the Fonz was more like the crazy neighbor that would show yeah. up. Uh but it was really a lot about Richie. Yeah. I mean, so many of the episodes revolved around Richie and the Fonz was associated because Richie was kind of the nerdy, nice, good guy, the sort of the straight character. Yeah. And the Fonz, instead of being funny, I mean he was funny because of some of the stuff he did, but he was the cool, slick, troublemaker, almost like grease yeah. character. Yeah. Uh, who could hit a jukebox and it would start playing, or he'd say, "Come to my office," and it was the bathroom. Yeah. But it's like when Richie left, there wasn't anybody to then set uh, the Fawns up for a joke, right? And then it'd be it,
0: like if Norm had his own show in yeah. Cheers, it's yeah. like, or no.
1: if Joey had his own show, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or Steve Urkel <laughs> had just taken over complete. Well, then he did Family does. yeah. Matters, but so, um,
1: and so it's like once you start losing a lot of those characters to set up the other people. It's then all of a sudden not as funny. Just in the same way that um, Tommy Boy is way more funny than Beverly Hills Ninja Mm -hmm. or whatever that, was that what it was called? Yeah, Beverly Hills Ninja. Um, Um, It's like you need that guy to be the one that comes back from the bathroom in the bathroom and the car has fallen apart who then goes what the happened and then you see that expression on his face when then the funny character says richard what'd you do without the richard you don't have yeah. the richard what'd you yeah. do moment and i feel like that's where you know like longevity of of you know making sure that like your main characters have an arc that allows them to continue to develop inter- in an interesting way um, so that way then your funny characters can continue to be funny Yeah, around them yeah. I think is key I think the other thing with New Girl which we talked about before when New Girl was still on is that like the premise was that she is the new girl. Yeah, it's literally the title <laughs> of the show. So what do you do when you're season 4 or 5 and she's not new anymore? <laughs> who is that girl? It's we know it's, it's Jess. Jess. <laughs> we 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 literally like this, like one of us has been intimate with her in yeah. a very serious way? We've dated her, we've had yeah. sex with her, we have talked about getting married together, we yeah. broke up, we've gotten yeah. back together. We know who Jess is. It's her. It's yeah. her. So it's I think that's where that show is like it it and even it felt that way the last season where it's like they tried to like just jump to the future and the little girl that's a baby is now like full like a, yeah. like a four or five year old yeah. and is like talking and you're just like this is a completely different
0: show it went way off the rails when they brought Megan Fox oh yeah yeah because uh, yeah. Zoe Deschanel had a baby and so she went on fraternity. Leave during her show. Yeah. Which is wild to me. But I mean I, I get it, but it's like at that point it's like, oh you're you're really done with the show. Yeah, like, that's true. <laughs> like And you would think
1: they'd just be like, we're gonna take a year off.
0: Yeah, like everyone whenever people have had babies and shows, like they do it during the off season you know, yeah. and then they come back to Yeah work. they'd be
1: like, Could you plan your baby a little bit better?
0: <laughs> but um
1: So I think that's a big problem. And I mean I I definitely I, I remember my sisters and my mom were super into friends and so I would watch it. Um and I remember after about like season five I just like checked out. Yeah. I was like, I can't like this is just this, they're just getting super repetitive. <laughs> and they're just like scraping the bottom of the barrel of, like who hasn't dated who yeah. yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Ross hasn't ever seen Phoebe naked before. Maybe we could make that happen somehow. Yeah, but you know? we'll do
0: it as a funny goof. So yeah, like he serial. accidentally walks in or in the shower. Yeah, yeah.
1: He thinks it's Rachel and it's not, or, you know, like, and it's just like, okay, got I was
0: it. literally, watching. Well, I think the repetitive nature, I think that's why so many, um, and not to stereotype, but I do think a lot of females like friends um, more than probably guys. Yeah, and for so, sure. So, um, yeah. It's because it is familiar. The thing that's interesting about sitcoms is that usually the houses they live in, the apartments, all that, are really nice. Yeah. And that's the, what I've always found really interesting. Especially like, when they're based in New York City. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, that apartment that Monica and Rachel live in is freaking huge.
1: Yeah, and she's a <laughs> she's a barista.
0: There's many episodes. She doesn't that even they make, don't make the, have the copy,
1: have. I don't think. She's just a waiter. <laughs> And then Monica has a failing restaurant, yeah. diner,
0: yeah. Well, okay. she uh, many times doesn't have jobs throughout yeah. the shows, yeah. and I'm just like, what? How do they afford this? Like, yeah. control. I think they say it a couple times like it's controlled rent, but oh, but, but I mean that's just justification. That's so. I mean, yeah, yeah, totally it's wild.
1: So going back to the evolution, just so that way we don't get too far off topic, right? Uh, so Cheers, so came cheers. out after that. Frasier so how do you feel like the humor and the comedy of Cheers evolved into Frasier and definitely one element that we talked about before was the um, appropriateness of the jokes Right. which based off of our last podcast even the fact that we were talking about every joke has to have somebody who's we're laughing at the butt of the joke Um, how has even the humor changed in what we are laughing at
0: so what I would say is if Cheers is the feeling of going to the place that you love, you know. Where everybody knows You to go name. With everybody. You know, that theme song is fantastic. It's yeah. great. Even the end, you know, he shuts the lights off and that's how the series ends. Yeah. Is we have left that favorite place. Frasier now is the friend who comforts us on the radio. You know, his that style was really interesting because he was a kind of a doctor, like a a radio therapist almost, you know, he would give advice and stuff like that. And so uh, many episodes, he would kind of wrap up the episode by talking to the audience. And that was a kind of genius way to control every episode and create a narrative where you can kind of wrap it up really nice and either sentimental note, a contemplative note. And that stuck to the tone of what the show is. Frasier is, a very intellectual uh, f- man, but funny. Out of control things happen. Then, at the end of the day, those out of control things are ultimately good. So, if 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 Cheers is the place where your friends are,
1: or where your friends go, yep. uh, Fraser is the friend on the radio. Yeah. Then Friends is literally your friend. <laughs> That would be the evolution. Yeah,
0: that is absolutely – and I would say – And and
1: maybe the friends you wish you had, and then Seinfeld is the friends you actually have.
0: (laughs) Seinfeld is uh, the bumming around, we're loitering, you know, skateboarders (laughs) of like (laughs) adult life where like nothing matters. That's the whole point of – friends is kind of like that, like nothing matters except for relationships. Yeah, which a lot of
1: um, – Gen X. Mm-hmm. Is that what came before the Millennials? Yeah. So a lot of the Gen X's are, they're more known to be nihilists. Yeah. So the fact that that show came out more when they were in high school and college is actually very fitting where it's a show about nothing. Yeah. Because obviously, nihilists believe life is about nothing. Yeah. Um, if Friends came out more during the Millennial era, mm-hmm. which it kind of did at the beginning,
0: yeah. Uh, uh, know, 80, I, 80, what's 84 to. 2000 is Millennials. Well,
1: Millennials is uh, I think it's actually 82.
0: 82 is 2000. So. Oh, or yeah.
1: 81 or something like that. But it came out in the 90s, late mm-hmm. 90s. Like what it was like 97, 98, something like that, I feel like?
0: Uh, no, it was earlier than that. It was like 93, I think or something really? like. yeah Yeah. So yeah. I don't think friends, that's right. Uh,
1: look it up. Um, uh, but, so either way, if it came out in the 90s, I feel like a lot of the Millennial generation found an interest, and definitely some Gen Xers did too. I mean, yeah. my oldest sister would be a Gen Xer, but she's kind of on the tail end. So as that transition is happening from the Gen Xer part to the Millennial, which if Millennials are about authenticity and 94.
0: 94. Wow. Yeah. it's been a while. Yeah.
1: Man, that's a that's crazy. Yeah, so
0: Seinfeld uh 1989 this is the first episode that, of Seinfeld.
1: Yeah. So Um so uh that's just kind of interesting though that the content of the show and kind of like what's the show about yeah uh sort of fits a lot of the demographics of that that generation yeah um so then after friends I feel like really one of the big ones really is the office I feel um, like it was the next one
0: well i I would that's why I was saying Malcolm in the middle um, yeah
1: and I, I'm not opposed to Malcolm in the middle and any of those like family matters and yeah. stuff saying that they're a part of this but i do feel like there's a difference between like comedies that are specifically made for adults not that kids don't watch them right and then comedies that are made for families i feel like malcolm in the middle would fall in the family category
0: yeah would. but it's it was unique in the sense that it was the single camera yeah you know and it brought that era of oh we can have almost like a movie style um production value to our comedies yeah and so, with that, you have more narration themes. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it completely changes. So, so then, it
1: opened up the door for a separate route, the single camera versus the multi-camera. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then, um, and in we the, continued with the
1: Yeah, which, I mean, then really, the evolution then would be then the office yeah. being a single camera shoot. Yeah. Uh, but still sort of told in a multi-camera in sort of In a documentary
0: way. format you know multiple cameras and yeah. reaction kind yeah. of shots. Of
1: yeah the- I mean it definitely takes that yeah the, the documentary mockumentary right. mockumentary like approach but as far as like um, the way that their episodes are positioned and told like you could tell that story as a as a multi-camera sitcom if you really want yeah, yeah absolutely you know yeah I, I think it the, wouldn't be obviously a mockumentary right it wouldn't be single camera yeah but like you could take episodes that they have and you can make it work as a sitcom yeah or as a multi-camera studio sitcom yeah yeah The Office sweet yeah. Yeah, yeah so I feel like it's as far as content goes like the storytelling it's an evolution of and so then it's almost like if your Friends is about your friends yeah and Seinfeld's kind of about your friends that you really have yeah then almost, then office is about your office. For yeah,
0: instance. your work. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. the the beauty of of everyday life of the boring of the simple. You know. And
1: I do feel like there was an air there where we. That's kind of what we had a little bit was just boring. Yeah, like the humor in the boring. Yeah, and in the everyday. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, uh, and I i I would think that there would be things like that in the, what was going on during the time of the Office in movies because the Office was like early 2000s,
0: right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think uh, okay. Anchorman would have been, come out. So, all and, of Will Ferrell's yeah, comedy would yeah, have been coming Will Ferrell out at that would time. Have been, so, the absurd, Which, the
1: office and mockumentary, like, it's definitely, like, absurd type yeah. humor. And yeah. really, it's also the main character, almost like we were saying, the Annie Griffith show, the main character was noble. Right. And the people around him were funny. Yeah. At the point we got to the office and Will Ferrell movies, the main character was the complete opposite of noble. Yeah. They were ridiculous nonsense yeah. and the Barney Fife character whether it was Jim or uh the love interest like in in uh Anchorman, where yeah. I can't remember what what was her name Veronica Mars Veronica Mars yeah,
0: yeah. or not Mars ver, just Veronica Veronica.
1: <laughs> Veronica Mars is another show yeah. but Veronica yeah they're the then the straight character yeah. that uh is the more noble yeah. correct one and The main character is the Ridiculous Goofy Barney character.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is interesting because we've seen how those sitcoms don't work. You know, where, like, Kramer had his own spin-off show. Oh, I did not (laughs) know that. (laughs) That's what I'm saying is, like, these funny side dumb characters that we, like, grew to love tried to have their own shows, and it failed miserably. Yeah. But then – Anchorman does really well. Well, actually, Anchorman did all right in the box office. It actually didn't do that well. It became a cult classic later. Oh, interesting. And then... um I, I would say that's when we started getting, like, Seth Rogen-type uh, comedies it's yep. the Super Bads or the Knocked Up. Or, or the
1: Pineapple Express.
0: Pineapple Express, where it's more of, like, the, the stoner comedies. And yep. now Dave Chappelle and all those guys had been doing those for a while with, yep. like, Half-Baked and all that stuff. But those were always, like, almost, like, straight-to-DVDs where yep. Seth Rogen started making it seem more cinematic. Like, yep. Universal was putting money behind it. And that's when... Um, uh, what's his name, the guy, Judd Apatow, you know, his movies. Yep, all kind of fall in that category. Exactly,
1: and so... um, And to a certain degree, they're kind of the evolution of the Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. When we got tired of Adam Sandler, we kind of moved on to Judd Apatow. Absolutely. Which is ironic since Judd Apatow and Adam Sandler are friends.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, and they did a movie together, you know, funny people. And um, So, but his movies are very strange in the sense of, where Will Ferrell's and Adam McKay movies were like, there was really, like, everything was... It, like, nothing was sacred, almost, where it was, yep. like, even the, like, moments where we're supposed to be, like, this is a hero's journey. Like, it's a straight-on anchor battle. You know, Anchorman yeah. battle. Like, that's crazy, where it's, like, funny yep. people. Um, Judd Apatow movies, like, there is, like, legitimate heart. There's something that happens. <laughs> yeah, well, I, don't, I don't think...
1: I would say funny people is his I I uh, don't like funny people. Well, I, and I would put it in its own category. Yeah. I feel like that was him trying to be But if you watch his other movies,
0: serious. like Even 40 Year Old Virgin, yeah. like that's the they whole point. They have sentimental Yeah, they have like a sentimental yeah. moment where it's like and then they bring funny And they redeem funny. the character and right.
1: knocked up like the whole thing is he he tries to get his life in right, order exactly. because she actually cares for him but he's yeah. a bum and yeah she's tired of him being a bum and so he goes and gets a real job yep. and tries to be serious yeah yeah no that's true where anchorman is ridiculous all the way through yeah
0: yeah and that's kind of where like then it came back with the hangovers where it was they were just crazy partying this really wasn't like any like yeah. other than like all right we got a guy let's get married but then like the credits you know like it just yeah. there was no like it was like let's just be crazy weird. So it was
1: almost a combination of the two. Yeah. Uh somewhat. And I think Wedding Crashers and Owen yeah. Wilson and Vince Vaughn and like their whole thing that they did for a while was kind of a similar thing where there is a hero's journey. Yeah. More so than Anchorman where they they really can be considered the hero. Yeah. And they actually earned their reward at the end, but the journey is ridiculous yeah. all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, and so then I think, you know, um The Lonely Island guys then are the next level of that, which when those guys would have been coming out, at that point,
0: it probably would have been like 30 Rock, right? Yeah, so, yeah, 30 Rock was real big, and that was an interesting show because that was kind of almost out of reality, the whole uh, goofiness, the fact that they would have flashbacks, like almost like Family Guy, where they would show, like, what's happening, you know, and and they would do something like that. That was not... I mean, Malcolm in the Middle did that a little bit. That was where, like, the single cam, they could do that, where, like, The Office, they don't do that. They would cut to an interview, if anything. Yeah. Um, and so that's what – so editing became, like, this new big thing where yep. where the sitcoms, multi-cam sitcoms, it was based off the writing and the characters. Yeah, and blocking to a certain degree. And blocking, exactly. Like, if, if Niles uh, – there's a scene where he's, you know, ironing a pair of pants and then, like, the dog gets flour, and he's like, not the flower, but then the iron starts the pants on fire. You right, know? Or
1: Kramer sliding through the door. Exactly. Like, the,
0: it's yeah. all about, like, how can we make this? Whereas once you had the single camera, they're like, oh, we can edit things to be funny. Yeah. And yeah. so that was really interesting. And,
1: and I think some of that probably if it showed up in 30 Rock and that's where these outliers um, yeah. that where they were popular, but they weren't popular to the level of friends. Right. Um, influenced some of these bigger broadcast shows like 30 Rock, like The Office. Um, But I think the outlier that influenced that editing would have been Arrested Development.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: The way that they would cut back and forth to different people... You know, or they would cut to one of the brothers, you yeah. know, and it's like he's still on the boat that he sailed out on and on the last episode and he yeah. just every time we cut back to him, he's still out yeah. there. Whatever. You well, know?
0: and you also had a narrator with the rest of the moment. Yeah. So it was there were so many layers on it to where like the narrator would be interacting with the character. So Job would say something and he's like I definitely made love to that woman. And then... The Ron, yeah, and he didn't. Yeah. You know, it was just... It, it, right off the bat, he's being, like, uh, contradicted contradicted, you yeah. know, contradicted and stuff like that. So, uh, it was just... I don't know of any other show with the rest of the development where they have a narrator like that, which is really interesting to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've obviously have had narrators that usually agree, but I think you're right where yep. the narrator fills in gaps in a positive way, that narrator filled in gaps. Like, the narrator created conflict right. in the
0: story. Right. Like, so How I Met Your Mother, the, you know, he's telling his kids about yeah. the story. And so the idea is that as you're watching it, he's telling a yeah. story. Yeah, and
1: usually he would fill in details right. or help transition from one thing to the next. Now, there were times that he would somewhat conflict what was about to happen or right. just happened. Yeah. You know, like, like I recently watched one where they go and start a bar yeah. You know, or they take over the bar during the the big snowstorm. <laughs> yeah. And he is like, you know, the worst things that any guy could ever say is for, we should start a bar. Yeah. You know, and then he says that it's a horrible idea, you yeah. know, or nothing good ever happens after 2 a.m. And yeah. then we watch as they do stuff after 2 a.m. Yeah. And nothing good happens. Yeah. So he kind of sets it up in the sense of creating conflict as the characters do the opposite of yeah. what he says is a good idea uh, with hindsight, 2020 20, 20, hindsight being older. But I think Arrested Development, definitely, like, Ron Howard's a narrator is
0: a character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He is completely in control. He is – it's almost like he is just chaos and loves the chaos and just kind of narrates the chaos in it. So, yeah,
1: or, I mean, to a certain degree, I feel like he's us. Yeah. But, like – all knowing, yeah, speaking and out super that. witty, yeah, exactly, yeah, uh, and so he's able to say, yeah, that's a bunch of bullcrap, yeah, 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 and we're all like, yeah, it is, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, so where does that put us now with comedy? Uh, you know, we went so kind of we had the um, Andy Samberg comedy, which I feel like at this point it's weird to say, but Andy Samberg is actually old comedy,
0: yeah, absolutely,
1: and so I feel like the Andy Samberg air. And all of his buddies and that kind of sense of humor, you know, and at that time, then 30 Rock and then to a certain degree, um, you know, Liz Lemon being like the star of a comedy show, being a woman, you know, that was kind of a big deal. The showrunner
0: of like SNL, essentially. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And we hadn't had a female comedy star. Well, I mean, we've had, I guess, throughout the years, but but I felt like that was a big moment, nonetheless. I mean, you did have people like um, Roseanne, you had, uh, what was the... Um they actually are bringing the show back the lady where she was like worked in like a reporting area,
0: oh, yeah yeah Murphy Brown Murphy Brown it's already got canceled oh did it yeah um <laughs>
1: uh but there's been other ones uh grace under fire yeah. um Ellen yeah but I love uh, Lucy yeah I love Lucy but nonetheless Liz Lemon was kind of our female led comedy Absolutely. at the time yeah and I think that then kind of then gave the opportunity for uh Parks and Rec yeah um and it was kind of, I feel like Parks and Rec and The Office and 30 Rock all kind of went together.
0: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a it modern, I throw a Modern humor. Family in there as well because they all had this mockumentary, the narration, you know, yep. the person sitting down talking to the camera Um And even though feel.
1: 30 Rock wasn't a documentary or mockumentary. It had that sort of like, we're following her as she right. works. Yeah. Single cam, you know. Well, be shots and the
0: ridiculousness of, of each character in the day-to-day life of Thirty Rock, essentially, yeah. Yeah. Is, is what we were seeing. Yeah. yeah. So, comedy now, um,
1: being, you know, as far as sitcom goes, obviously there is Big Bang, but it's going off. Yeah. i will be curious to see what kind of show they come out with after that. Definitely the rise of the nerd culture. I think affected sitcoms a lot, obviously definitely. with yeah. with Thirty Rock. I mean, with Big Bang Theory, even with Last Man on Earth. Like the idea of an apocalypse, yeah, you know, is definitely more of a nerdy thing than the idea of people hanging out in a bar. Yeah, um, uh, even AP Bio, you know, is a Harvard philosophy major. Yeah, you know, it's like, um, you know, it's more of that. Stuff that would interest nerd culture a little bit more, yeah. Um, so where do you, where do you feel like comedy is now, and what predictions would we make moving forward as we wrap up this episode? So, I mean, what are our, what are our popular the, shows? The now? shows
0: that I'm liking right now. So what I'm seeing a trend is there's two trends that I'm really seeing in the kind of independent route, kind of the. Um, I don't know what they call it, but, like, indie comedy is what they call it. Uh, We're seeing shows like Documentary Now and stuff like that where they're spoofing uh, with improv. Improv is becoming really big again. Um, I would say you're going to start seeing more shows based off of improv. And so, like, Documentary Now is this idea that it's like they take – they spoof – Documentaries like real life documentaries. Um, Bill Hader and Fred Armisen do it, it's very funny. But another trend I'm seeing, and it's happening a lot of like HBO or um, Amazon has a show, is where it's a comedic premise, but it's like ultimately a dark underlining. So we yeah, have dark shows. comedies. So, like Barry, the hit, yeah. you know, he's a, he's a hit man, but he wants to go and do improv and he wants to be yeah. an actor. But that show is really, legitimately really really dark. Like there's some really dark moments. Uh, I think uh, Forever, the show Forever, Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph. And um, I mean, it all happened in like the first episode. But they're like married together. They're kind of doing the same thing over and over. They're kind of bored. And then um, they die. And it's all about the afterlife. And essentially they're like in the suburb and it's the same thing over and over Fred Armisen's happy with that Maya Rudolph is bored and she wants to move on so there's all these different
1: layers well and even The Good Place is a dark premise yeah I mean the main person one of the main characters is literally a demon
0: right exactly
1: and it's all about them being in hell
0: well and and John Oliver even like our our talk shows talk shows are becoming informative so like uh, uh, last week Tonight. or less than the, yeah, last Sunday yeah John Oliver's shows and then the one on Netflix uh Sam Naj, your show uh it's like the cool version of that which I I like that show too but um the patriarch i think it's called and so it's it, we are it's it's about informing or with the good place it's like theological or uh, philosophical ideas wrapped in with comedic premises but with a dark undertone and so it's this surrealism of drama and comedy and they're wanting to kind of bring in every emotion and the show that kind of started that now there's shows like back in the day like a uh, dead like me and stuff like that right. where um those were like hbo shows like they kind of were right. on they're the, on the fringe though they were on the fringe exactly and, and the, there
1: always is gonna be fringe shows yeah that are for specific min- not minority groups but uh, audience audiences that are smaller, yeah. You know, little pockets of interest. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be that.
0: Like Adventure Time did that. That cartoon Adventure Time. Yeah. So we went from like SpongeBob to Adventure Time, where it's you know if we there's this crazy world and it's really weird and stuff. But then you find out Finn like had a family. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what happened? You know, and like there's like a little episodes like his yeah. father abandoned him. And so you're like,
1: well, what, what episode do you, or what show do you think started it all?
0: I would say like. Probably shows like dead like me I never saw Six Feet Under, but I think like it was. Is that
1: what you were gonna say though?
0: Yeah, I would say so. Or do
1: you think it's um, always sunny?
0: Well, always sunny is just funny. Yeah. Like, sure, it's like they're like horrible. That more more is like is skewering friends and stuff like that. Yeah. They're essentially taking away the prettiness. They're taking. I mean, they're the fact friends, that, but the bad sign. Yeah, exactly. The fact that Matt. Uh, he was the showrunner of the show he rob mecklehanny he straight up gained 60 pounds of weight because he always saw that when shows like friends or big bang there when the shows go past seven seasons they get a contract renewal so when you do a show you have to sign seven seasons to do the next thing and so they get major money they get New, they start getting tans. They get better teeth, better hair. You know, they're they're looking better. Like Rachel looked great, but you know, every season on Friends, and so he was like, "I'm going to gain weight because I want us to all look terrible." The more shows, and that show is one of the longest running shows yeah. out there. So I think they sent a premise, but it it was not the way that Barry is. Like, it's Barry, not dark. Yeah, like there well, are moments where an episode of Barry where it's like, "Oh, this is a drama." Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and I think uh, AP Bio is definitely like that too, which is one of my favorite shows that are currently out for sure. I mean, I love that show, and it's the same thing. Where it's like it's a dark show in the sense that like the whole thing is about his revenge, (laughs) yeah, and his desire, and how much he hates everybody else, yeah. um, So I think I think you're right. I think there's a um, we're in an era where dark comedies are the prominent winners, yeah, and um, and and it's probably. Somewhat an evolution of comedy, you know, because I do think there's a certain point where we get tired of laughing at the same thing yeah, and we want something new to laugh at and so now we want to laugh at stuff that's kind of cloaked in dark. You know, we want to laugh at the guy who doesn't care. Yeah. Or we want to laugh at the guy who's the hit the, the hitman who doesn't want to be a hitman anymore and yeah. wants to go get into <laughs> acting but he sucks at it. Yeah. That's funny. Like, we want to laugh at that kind of stuff because we haven't seen that. Um, but I also think it's somewhat due to our times yeah, where absolutely. everybody just feels a sense of yep. darkness and we want to be able to almost laugh at the darkness yep. versus cry at the darkness. Yep. You know?
0: Which is interesting because uh, a lot of the shows like Friends and, um, and Frasier and stuff like that were going on during 9-11. Uh, Friends is literally in New York. There are cut scenes where you see the Twin Towers and they never once talked about, talked about it. About it. Uh, Frazier had one episode because one of the co-creators of the show was on one of the planes that went to the tower. So they had an episode, but how they did it – I mean he's in Seattle and they had to talk about 9-11 because yeah. one of their main creators was killed on the plane. So um it's just interesting as we went from a sitcoms that – Kind of ignored reality and was like, let's just be as fun. This is a world that they live in for it's half escapism. an hour. The what?
1: It's escapism. It's
0: escapism exactly. But then it's like now um, we went from from that to like melodrama with like How I Met Your Mother. You know, like right. He gets the blue trumpet for Robin, and all that stuff. Right.
1: The woes of like dating, yeah. and, and being married, to, early married, yeah. And-
0: to now where we have Barry. Freaks out on stage because he just moments ago killed someone, yeah. and so he is doing this amazing moment, this monologue, and you're like, "Holy cow!" Like, yeah, this is really dark.
1: Yeah, that is an interesting point. You're right. We have gone from this world of total fantasy yeah. of the Andy Griffiths show, yeah. where it's like that doesn't exist. Yeah, no family's that happy. No, no family's that perfect. What was even the show before the Andy Griffiths show? The uh,
0: they have like "Leave It to Beaver." I was well,
1: on. yeah, but there was what was it? Was it, it wasn't the Dick Van Dyke show? Was it or was that the show? Dick Van Dyke show, yeah, yeah. Where, where once again, the perfect family yeah. and the yeah. mom and dad slept in different beds. Yeah. And it's like that. That's not even real, yeah. you know. Uh, to now, we've gone from that idealistic world, and slowly over time, it's just been chipped away at to where it becomes more and more reality. Yeah. Hey, instead of all these people hanging out in the sheriff's office, we're all hanging out in the bar. Yeah. Instead of hanging out in the
0: bar, we're hanging out at, you know, in our apartment, you yeah. know, and instead of hanging out in the well, apartment. And even, even to the point now there's a show called Corporate that they specifically wanted to make this show because they were mad at the office for showing that the office is like, it's a good place. It's great. And they're like, no, like, that is a soul-sucking place. Like, the fact that they have fluorescent lighting, like, yeah. you know, it's just like – and so Corporate is this really beautifully shot show, but it is, like, so, like – corporate machine like yeah. you know like business guy business guy business yeah. yeah and and well, obviously, workaholics like, is like that workaholic it would definitely well, be workaholics a, was uh let's get high and let's yeah but as whatever. far
1: as how they approach work yeah it was like kind of i'd say one of those friend shows where it wasn't like mainstream obviously a lot of people yeah. have watched it um and those guys have had a lot of success from the show but the way that they approached work was like let's try to do as little work as possible yeah still get our paychecks and get out of here yeah you know, and regularly, you know, the, their boss, like, knows that's what they're doing and hates them. They hate their boss. Yeah, Like, uh, you know, they hate their co-workers.
0: It was essentially, like, uh, guys, either, like, the frat guys who wanted to be in college. It was a college, like, kind of Van Wilder show. But for work. But for work, yeah. yeah. And it world. was basically, like what you're like when you're at the job you yeah, eat. Exactly. And they're just goop ball. And, and Broad City is like the female version of that. Yeah. Um, and so it, it is interesting to see the evolution in in the way of like.
1: Yeah where the office they're all working at a paper company and seem yeah. happy about it. It's yeah. like these guys at workaholics or I haven't seen corporate but corporate uh, is like no working at an office company like a paper company sucks. Yeah exactly. And we're not going to, like, cookie – or we're not going to sugarcoat that. Yeah. Like, it sucks.
0: Well, and even the first episode of corporate is, like, the main boss is, like, everything. The company they work for owns everything. The Saber is everywhere. Like, he owns, like, the, the sword on the wall, you know, and he's, like, doing – uh, jiu-jitsu <laughs> yeah. which
1: only makes me laugh because me and Todd know CEOs yeah. like this so <laughs> that exactly. we with and we're just like uh, that's like a real thing
0: yeah and, uh, you actually probably really like corporate um, <laughs> and so like it's this idea of like and then the news is like Sabre is known to have army contracts you know like it like yeah. goes from like they want to make the next iPhone to like they are want to do the next war you know yeah. like they're so excited about the war because they they're know gonna the make government money. exactly so it's just where the office is paper company yeah And it was a livelihood, and it was about these people's, like, yeah, they had other interests. But, like – and so Jim definitely, I think, was the one that was, like, we need to get – I need to get out of here. I need to do the thing I'm actually passionate about. And Pam was
1: kind of like that, too, with her art stuff. Yeah. Which, I mean, eventually, though, they all come back. Yeah. Because they love working there. To well and then
0: at the end they, yeah. they leave. But if they revive the show, which they yeah. want to revive everything at this point. Yeah. See that's the thing I think is really interesting is yeah, we're getting shows like Barry and all that stuff, but like we're in this lull, this rut of like comedies where we don't wanna make anything new because it's they just wanna revive all these old classics, yeah. you know. Um Which to a certain degree,
1: I mean, one of the shows that did do really well. Uh, before she made racist comments, was Roseanne. Yeah. And Roseanne was a comedy that was somewhat of a dark comedy because she was making fun of, on a regular basis, like the family life. Right. She was making fun of being a mom. She was making fun of kids. She was making fun of,
0: like, parenting kids. Well, and she was showing life through the lower class, lower middle class, almost not even middle class. Like, that was the Yeah, she was
1: showing the poor.
0: Yeah, because, once again, Home Improvement, yeah. uh, Cosby Show, he's a doctor, she's yeah. a lawyer. Like, they all are making, like, money. Like, yeah. Tim Toolman has a TV show. Right. So, it it was showing- I don't even remember. I never really actually watched Roseanne, but- So,
1: we watched it as a kid, somewhat. Um, and, um, and, like I said, the big thing is, though, that she just- She made fun of- the darker parts of family life. Yeah. You know, paying bills and disagreeing with your spouse and your kids being punks. Yeah. Like, all of her kids were punks and she would tell them that they were punks and they <laughs> would tell her that she was a punk. Yeah. You know, and it was like, it was not the happy side of of having a family. It was the, the more negative side. Yeah. So, anyways, it's just kind of interesting that of all the shows that they've rebooted, that's the one that's done the best yeah, because they brought back, like, she still brought that same type of humor to the show. And I think it would still be on. I mean, it is on. Yeah. But I think it would still be on with her and doing even better if she obviously hadn't made racist comments. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so it's just kind of interesting of all the ones they have rebooted, like you're saying, they're trying to reboot because they almost just like, oh, we need to scramble and just reboot stuff. But it's like, well, you still got to reboot stuff that fits our current mindset, which is we want to laugh at the negative aspects of life. Yeah. Not the positive stuff. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, we uh, the landscape. Each it's almost like each network is doing their own thing. Like ABC, really, is they are on the diversity train in the sense of like they have shows called Fresh Off the Boat, Blackish. You know, like right. they are like these are our shows. Yep. <laughs> these are very specific. Which is funny because they did the Roseanne show. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like oh, um, but. So they're doing their thing. Uh, HBO is doing their Silicon Valley. They're doing Veep, um, you know, kind of commentaries to the higher power. Uh, But they also have their show very, very dark. They have to have their dark kind of the show that, like, the – Grammy and the Emmy people really love. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean in Veep I haven't watched a lot of that either but from everything you told me about it it's still once again showing the like negative side of politics.
0: Yeah, it it's it is the like arrested the I mean it's the, the it's always sunny of like poli- political yeah. shows, yeah. yeah. So if like if Westwing was like the good yeah. You know, yeah, the good then, version. Yeah, yeah this exactly. Is the bad version. <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
1: so it is interesting. I think you're right that we're that that would probably be the air that we're in and I mean I think um you know shows like the AP Bio. Um, I mean, even to a certain degree, Last Man on Earth was to some degree uh, more on the negative side, yeah. especially the earlier episodes of like, oh, the world, like nuclear reactors are now falling apart and we're gonna die, or well, this or that, or my brother has the, the disease. Yeah, you know? it was
0: very, it was a, it was a dark show. Like to the to the extent, you know, the episode where. The brothers trying to come back from out of space and then they're doing Operation Phil and it yeah. just ends, yeah, and it's like really heavy. and yeah. you're like, oh. Like a Velvet. or the fact that they that. started
1: a lot of seasons with killing somebody, right? Yeah, yeah, so
0: it they are bringing back the reverence of stuff. I think that's the interesting thing. Is a lot of shows if Seinfeld got rid of reverence and was like nothing matters, we are going to do whatever because like I love Lucy, all those yep. shows inherently would have a. Uh, a, sacred, a sacred thing, yeah, which is family, which is, yep. you know, coming together. We love each other. Like, right. Leaver the Beaver, they always hug at the end. Right. But um, Seinfeld, the show which is literally cut frame, like freeze frame, um, because, like, they did something stupid and whatever. It doesn't matter. Yep. So now with shows like Barry and stuff, we are getting the – or Last Man on Earth, we're getting that reverence back in. But it's a deeper – i guess deeper thing in the sense of it's not so much about the nuclear family it's about the circumstance of a life or the yeah of a of the post a person's emotional state and stuff like that yeah
1: they're having to deal with the consequences
0: yeah the good place the eternal soul of all mankind you know yeah so yeah yeah,
1: so it's interesting. We'll see how things continue to develop, and uh, and definitely something to think about as we create stuff, and as anybody who's listening creates stuff. Um, so that would be, I guess, me and you <laughs> when we're listening to this later, <laughs> and uh, and we'll be interested to see how it continues to evolve. Um, and it is, I think, also interesting. A lot of times, the next evolution comes out of SNL. Yeah, you know, we talked about the Andy Samberg air, the Will Ferrell air even the Will Forte air. I mean, like all these people, a lot of them came out of SNL. Um, Obviously, you know, Parks and Rec, uh, 30 Rock, like all these people are coming straight out of SNL. So it'll be interesting to see what the, current cast of SNL end up doing when they move out of SNL yeah. and try to be, make their own shows. Yeah,
0: it's, it's really interesting. I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about um... No, you're not allowed to listen to any other podcast. I am I I will for this case, okay, but they okay. were talking about what was the last movie that you can think of comedy movie this year um, that made, or even in the last six months or eight months or whatever that made, a comedy that made like $100 million. I don't
1: know. Any comedy yeah. that made 100 million dollars over the I mean last it year. used
0: to they used to make like a ton of money back in the day you know yeah. like they, they were like the bombs I, mean, I think like Girl Strip that came out like two years ago or something yeah. like that or last year but like for the I mean, most part the last part, one
1: I can think of that really racked it up would be like
0: Bridesmaids maybe yeah and uh, yeah I mean that's that movie's old yeah it's really old like yeah. that's like eight years old at i mean the point. hangover maybe before that yeah so but those are old movies yeah. like it's it's just interesting to see where it's like comedies aren't coming out as much like kevin hart god bless his soul he's he's making things as much <laughs> he's as possible making, uh, yeah and they're bless most it. times misses and yeah i i think uh night school is the highest grossing comedy so far and it made like 60 million which is a lot yeah, yeah. for a comedy but like what's coming what's the popular genre right now is like horror what movies. about jumanji
1: did it do well i wouldn't it really,
0: did jumanji did do well it I mean, actually made a billion dollars it's a, it's, i would call it more of like family adventure yeah, comedy yeah but i mean there's
1: definitely comedy in it but it's yeah, yeah but i agree it's not like a pure comedy right. right in the same way that anchorman is yeah exactly yeah, so, yeah I don't, and i and i think potentially maybe some of that is, is just that transition to where
0: well our superheroes are comedies yeah, that's true. But I
1: think um I think if we're in an air of dark comedy, a not everybody's good at dark comedy. Yeah. Because you have to kinda of come from a dark place. Yeah. To be honest. You can't be a super cheerful person making a dark comedy. You can't you can't be an optimistic person making Barry. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's just part of it. In the yeah. same way you can't make an optimistic comedy if you're yeah a they're, pessimist.
0: The very nihilistic, yeah.
1: Yeah. But um but then also I think it takes a lot of guts. To make a dark comedy. Yeah. Because you're going into especially if if we're you're doing it in a way where the dark comedy ends with a reverence to something. Yeah. That you can't be a hitman and kill people for a living and not pay the consequences. Yeah. That takes guts to put anything like that into art. Yeah. Um especially comedy. Because I think comedians and comedy relishes off the idea that nothing matters. Right. The Seinfeld is the epitome of like a comedian's goal yeah. of like, I can say and do whatever I want and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, the idea that like, Oh no, my character's actions are going to come back on them. You know, they can't do the, will they, won't they for forever? Because then that person's eventually going to be like, I'm tired of you and I never want to see you again. Yeah. Cause that's how it happens in yeah. real life. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, it's like actually having to have consequences, I think is hard for a comedian. Yeah. So yeah, I hard. could see that, we could potentially be in an era where there's not a lot of comedians that are really well positioned or well qualified to actually make good comedies yeah. because they don't actually know how. yeah. <laughs> and if they do know how they might not have the guts to actually like put out that kind of content because yeah. it's easier to make fart jokes, you know, or, you know, the Tommy boys or the Melissa McCartney. Yeah. Is it McCartney?
0: Yeah. M- Melissa McCartney. McCarthy. McCarthy. Yeah. Melissa McCartney is that other yeah. lady.
1: McCarthy. Okay. You know, it's easier to do some of those kind of like, you know, Adam Sandler, Will Ferrell, Melissa McCarthy kind of silly stuff. Oh, mom's going back to school. Right. Back you know, college. dad's going to be in charge of the soccer team. Or
0: spy, you know. She's yeah. a spy, but she's yeah. overweight. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: easier to make fat jokes yeah. than it is to make jokes with, like, real consequences. Yeah. Um,
0: Which I think, I think the – a movie that would be a good example of that would be don't think twice um where that's a mike biglia movie and it's about like a group of improvisers and like two of them get to go on weekend live that's what they call the show and how that affects the rest of this like herald group and how um like some of them want to move on and they want to become greater others are jealous one's an old you know he's really old and he keeps trying to make it in the comedy world but it's just not happening and so you're seeing like these it's funny at moments and there's funny things but there's very real consequences like real life it's just mirroring like the comics walk it's like yeah. one out of eight people are gonna make it and you just have to live with the consequences and one yeah. lady could easily make it but she doesn't want to because she this is her home and this is her life yeah. and the heartbreak of like leaving and breaking up and so it's it's. I yeah. think that's a good example but like that doesn't have the same weight as like life and death situation yeah. that's more of the heartbreak of just life
1: yeah not that you always have to even be super dark like <laughs> exactly like I mean I think the good place is definitely a good example of where it's like they're covering dark topics I mean they're literally talking about hell yeah on, on every episode almost yeah but uh They're not doing it in... I mean, they're doing it in a very NBC... Or whoever does... Is it NBC? Yeah. NBC broadcast sort of way. Yeah. You know, where um, it could totally have a... You know, the more you know in the middle of the episode and it would be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Where Barry, which is an HBO show, obviously, you know, is definitely not that way. Yeah. It is darker. Well, and I think that's... But they're both dark. Yeah, so
0: it's a format of HBO. If you had commercials with Barry... That would not yeah. work. Yeah, for like, sure. Like, it is, you have to sit down and watch the whole thing, and it's a hold your breath the whole moment. Yeah. yeah. Whereas NBC or, sitcoms, you can take yeah. breaks, you can laugh. And
1: some of that is, I guess, whether having a dark topic, dark concept, dark subject matter, but then how how are you going to have the character uh, work through it? Yeah. And Barry, it's a downward spiral, and the more he tries, the more unraveled it becomes, yeah. and the worse it gets for him. Yeah you know in the good place the harder she tries the better it gets yeah in ap bio it kind of falls somewhere in the middle that sometimes the harder he tries the better it gets and sometimes the harder he tries the worse it gets yeah you know um so um, well
0: and and there's still like a slow progressive but it's a change and that's where ap bio is interesting is he's being changed but in a different way that you imagine like like it's He's almost not trying, but naturally with your environment, you're still going to change. Yeah, like osmosis. Yeah, like if he's going to be in Toledo, he's eventually going to- Become a Toledoan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: And if he's going to be around these good-natured people like the principal and Helen, the secretary, eventually that's (laughs) going to rub off on him. Yeah, and that's true, and that's definitely where they're going with it. So anyways, wonderful talking with you as always. Yep. Thanks Thanks for sharing all your wonderful TV knowledge course I have,
0: I have more so th- thanks for binging hours
1: <laughs> hundreds of hours eating My mac rec- and cheese <laughs> sacrificing so that way taylor it's could called, learn more about television
0: it's called being super depressed moving to a city you don't know anyone and those are your tv friends <laughs> <laughs> well i legitimately cried at the last episode of frazier because <laughs> i was like i've been with you for two weeks because i've binge watched every episode
1: <laughs> it was a short relationship it was like two weeks long Nonetheless, thanks for watching, or listening, Yeah, not watching. Thanks for listening to QT with RT. I'm yeah. Ryan. I'm Todd. And we'll see you next week. Bye. This has been a Studio Red production. For more, go to studioredmedia.com.